A very warm welcome to all my listeners who have tuned in to listen to another episode of Insider's Talk with New Entrepreneurial Journey. So let's dive in. Uh, I have with me Abhijit and Vidya, founders of CodeWave. And CodeWave is a design thinking-led digital transformation company about which we will be talking more in detail in the coming segment. So Abhijit and Vidya, welcome to Insider's Talk and thank you so much for giving us the time and we'll get to hear your awesome story on how CodeWave started. So welcome to my show. And Thanks, Veronica. Thank, thank, thanks, Veronica. Glad to be here. So uh, let's start with something uh, like, you know, very light, like if you can share with our listeners, you know, uh, what were you professionally uh, before CodeWave started? So what was your background then? I came from a product management background, uh, both Abhijit and I were working at a company called Holiday IQ. Um, I came from a product background and uh, Abhijit came came from from a technology background and together we built uh, multiple products and softwares for Holiday IQ. Yeah, so that, that's that's how we kind of uh, started our journey together. Uh, we are right now life partners as well. Uh, so the, our real partnership started from there, uh, working together, helping businesses, I mean, business or stakeholders uh, kind of uh, make the dream a reality. And then uh, post that, uh, I think the way we worked, uh, we, we saw that there was a big need in the market mm-hmm. for uh, something uh, similar as well. Uh, a product plus tech, uh, you know, combination where design thinking uh, led uh, digitalization was a need. And that, that's how inception of CodeWave happened uh, almost eight, eight and a half years back. Yeah, I, I believe you started somewhere in May 2013, right? Uh, CodeWave. So- yeah. Uh, there is always some kind of a um, like you know a trigger kind of a thing that happens and you believe that or you get an idea or or, or you understand so was there any kind like you know while you were working um, in your normal uh, like you know employment kind of a uh, life was there any kind of a trigger that said that okay no let's stop this and start something on our own and then you started with the code wave I think back then the trigger was just this, that um, India was looked at as an IT offshoring nation, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of software engineering and software maintenance jobs, uh, but not much of product thinking or uh, design thinking jobs. Um, Mostly the creative aspects of the job was outsourced to the West um, and and the engineering and the maintenance aspects was offshored uh, to India. So that was kind of the trigger. And since I came from a product and design background and Abhijit came from a tech background, we thought that combination uh, could actually work for a lot of startups or, or companies looking for new product development to get a dream team on. Mm-hmm. So that, that's how we started. We wanted to um, be a company uh, that gives a startup or, a, or an organization a dream team. Uh, for new product mm-hmm. development. So, so that's how we uh, started. And that was the likely trigger. And from a cultural perspective, I think uh, we, uh, you know, as we were working in different kinds of companies, we experienced lack of transparency uh, and, you know, hierarchical structures, bureaucratic, uh, you mm-hmm. know, tapes and stuff. So we wanted to be an environment that operates like a social network, right? It's flat, it's transparent, it's friendly. And, you know, um, and, and people form teams on their own to do what's right for the customers. You don't mm-hmm. have to, uh, you know, uh, more like a self-organized right. uh, where people know what to do without much of instructions. That was likely the trigger. 
yeah yeah again we we are in the business of being creative right like be it technology right. or design or any anything that we do it there's a lot of innovation that's happening and that freedom uh, and the space for that creative thinking is very very crucial and we want to have that at the core of how we kind of uh, you know grew and how we want to grow that's a part of uh, our uh, you know core so um, so that that is one of the main trigger points of you know the uh, culture uh, you know cultural freedom but with mm-hmm. responsibility how you it's an ownership driven environment a, a lot of self managed team uh, team members doing uh, it without someone telling them what needs to be done so that that's the kind of culture that you would see within corbier um, mm-hmm. teams irrespective of their job role uh, working with the customer team to bring in the customer delight uh, helping the business understand being in the shoes of the uh, customers and making it uh, mm-hmm. making customers dream a reality so yeah i think that summarizes uh, you know our vision to make every job a uh, ux led job right right i saw that on your website like you know that's that's something that uh, you were working on so initially when you uh, conceptualized the idea right it's it's just that i i'm because i am not working with my life partner and creating something and we already have a lot of uh, how do i say disagreements because we have we've come from a similar background but now i have changed my uh, how do i say profession so so we are different so but you abhijit you are from the tech background and vidya you are from the product background right so yeah. how how do you manage the disagreements with, within yourself when it comes to business <laughs> <laughs> i hope i'm not sparking anything here no 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 it's yeah. a very very uh, you know valid question it's a very genuine question and this has happened the creative conflicts are there because like i said it's a very very highly creative uh, kind of in both beat tech or you know design or anything that we do there's a lot of ideation yeah. in the ways of uh, approaching the same uh, thing but I, I, i think what helps us is uh you know when you are uh, when you know the intention what is it that we are uh, trying to achieve and both of us are aligned to the same thing it's mm-hmm. just different view or different perspectives and when we realize that it's not conflict between abhijit and vidya anymore right so it's mm-hmm. we are open to the perspectives and that becomes more of a creative collaborative experience where we do have difference of opinions but at the end of the day the goal is to kind of do something which is uh, the right thing for the product or for the company or anything for that matter right so uh, we both trust each other each other's intent to you know 100 you know 20% right yeah so, i think beyond the creative conflicts it is you know building a disruptive great right. new product uh, for our customers and uh, i think that's what drives us yeah um, oh, that's lovely so like within the two of you who was the first one to say like you know let's start something on our own or it happened mutually uh yeah i think this was uh, initially uh, it was me who started codewave of course vidya was there and she was the mm-hmm. one with the name codewave and uh, <laughs> within about i think 7 uh, 8 months she uh, officially joined codewave uh, okay. but she was there in spirit from day one um, uh-huh. of course i mean uh, again like you know eight and a half years back if you had spoken to me uh, <laughs> i don't think we would have been in a place where i would say that you know we would be uh, where we are right now and we have like let's say uh, 90 people uh, working with us and you know another 50 people of external team working with us mm-hmm. and stuff like that that's that's uh, you know not i mean i would consider myself an accidental entrepreneur in that way uh, mm-hmm. we just kind of you know had this idea of what you know what is required from a business perspective plus what is required from a 
internal you know the cultural uh, perspective is something that we are thinking can it be a reality or not uh, mm-hmm. and and it was more on an experimental uh, approach that we started code wave and then uh, we've been very very happy to be validated and you know we've had very very organic growth so far uh, and and that still remains an experiment uh, a lot of things that we are doing which are probably you know the uh, first within any indian company uh, yeah right because uh, this is one thing that uh, that i've heard from most of the entrepreneurs they say that you know they love entrepreneurship because it gives them the freedom to experiment and uh, you know check whether this is going to work or not which probably you won't get it if you're working in some corporate to have yeah. that to just experiment also, idea yeah and we we consciously chose to be customer funded i mean uh, a self funded company not a vc funded mm-hmm. uh, that also gave us freedom to experiment with a lot of ideas uh, mm-hmm. you know from an org culture perspective or you know our services are offering um, mm-hmm. perspective it keeps us on our toes as well and yeah. you know we have to be profitable month on month not yeah. just few months yeah. and you know like it's it's a good a different type of challenge and no you have to be comfortable with those uh, yes 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 <laughs> yeah know. definitely definitely agree with you now like both of you have the right background what code wave needed right in terms of uh, the knowledge now business also comes with lot of other uh, aspects it's n- not just about building a product when you are building a business you need to know how uh, the operations work the cultural like you said right the work culture was something that you wanted to keep quite open and transparent rather than what was happening or what you faced in whichever work area that you were working in so business is also related with finance so was there anything or anywhere where you felt like you know you needed a mentorship or you needed some kind of a guidance uh, and you seeked uh, that guidance from someone or somewhere well i think for the business administration aspect uh, i had done a course uh, in the imb for mm-hmm. you know which was a management program for women entrepreneurs so uh, i was fairly equipped with uh, kind of tools and frameworks to get the nuts and bolts of the business running um, and abhijit was a man of practical wisdom and uh, he's always uh, been the epitome of patience and humility and you know he had the vision very very clear mm-hmm. uh, and that also helped uh, you know kind of mm-hmm. had a very very strong vision and it was a very unwavering vision that you know um, we wanted a social workplace and we wanted to do innovative creative work mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. lovely so, so yeah, yeah please go ahead yeah yeah so th- of course there are going to be learning curves in terms of you know financial uh, things and even uh, seeking advice i think more on the, more than the financial uh, aspects of it i think like you know when when you feel the uh, when you hit the lowest of lows right so whom you reach out to like you know at times you don't even need a solution right you need someone to hear apart from you know right. it is good that both of us were there for each other but a lot of entrepreneurs don't even have that i think a lot of times you just need a hearing uh, you know uh, someone to whom who can mm-hmm. hear you out and say that hey just be at it it's a great journey and it will you know pass on yeah, yeah and also been lucky to have few uh, senior entrepreneurs in our circle mm-hmm. who've always lent a ear like whenever we went through the lows and uh, they would just hear us and say you'll do fine just keep going so right. yeah i'm very thankful for those and even family yeah even family yes yeah definitely family is obviously always there to support you and sometimes i feel that when you sit and think you might not get the solution but you say it out loud 
to somebody yeah. who's just listening and at that time it strikes to you oh this is something that i could have done to resolve this which i couldn't think so that is lovely the support and uh, i think what you said right a, a year who can listen to you whenever the, the yeah. need is that is there that's lovely so uh, when you came into the market right um, like like you are already from the product background so did you have any existing customer base whom you directly approached and said okay hey i started something on my own and this is what it is all about and you know or or what kind of uh, strategy that you guys um, probably you know created to you know create that buzz in the market that you know the code wave has arrived yeah see uh, uh, the initial uh, first year or so first one 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 and a half years i think that is very very crucial for any company right because how do they trust you all you have is your profile uh, and, and yeah. nothing else right there's no portfolio nothing so uh, we went with the strategy of uh, joining hands with uh, an ad agency uh, to start with and then uh, tied up with couple of them uh, to start with so that there was continuous churn of work and we were adding value and they were able to work with us very closely and dish out uh, you know good good looking apps or uh, good looking websites etc and and that that was a decent strategy for us we were able to keep ourselves afloat and you know uh, have good portfolio built so mm-hmm. that is the strategy that we followed and slowly once we had you know few customers we started going out and started pitching ourselves uh, and you know the uh, the pr buzz etc around that you know creating some links all of that we started some certain activities and slowly we built uh, our brand value brand equity mm-hmm. lovely so uh, like you know as and when you were building i'm pretty sure you would have had your aha moment by now so i don't know whether the chemistry is so damn good that both of you have the same aha moment or it is separate so if you can share with our listeners your very first aha moment with code wave um so one of the thing i think is <laughs> probably like you know we we started with uh, we we didn't call it design thinking we called mm-hmm. it product thinking when we started way back in 2013 uh, okay the aha moment of it was around 2016 2017 when the biggies like the infosys and the accents everyone started saying you know design thinking as you know uh, the core thing that they are you know the entire digital transformation is driven from them uh, so we we felt kind of validated that we've been one of the early adapters of that and we've been the connoisseurs in india who were you know talking about that and uh, you know it felt kind of good yeah. that was one mm-hmm. thing they want to add anything else uh, no no i would completely agree to that uh, so we we were embodying the spirit of design thinking we were just not calling it design thinking so when we realized <laughs> that's that's what is a global need right now and our need to exist is validated that was an aha aha moment oh that's lovely that's lovely so on that note let's go on to code wave so it, can you share with our listeners exactly what code wave is all about and you know uh, what all the other different products that probably you have built or what are the different services that you offer to your clients code wave is a design led technology services company uh, we are into the business of making businesses more digital and social and more open um which means we help startups develop their new product uh, starting with their mvp um and doing phased launches or uh, if somebody wants a digital first business like let's say lending club or um an online platform uh, completely online a business is completely running on the cloud we help them go from concept to product uh, that's our main uh, flagship offering right now um 
and yeah we haven't ventured um, big time into products yet but uh, yes predominantly we are a services company now yeah while we are working with uh, startups smes and enterprises i think one of the things that we are known well especially in the vc circle uh, we are working with let's say axel partners nexus ventures k capital etc uh, one of the things that we are known for is that new product development wherein um, a, a startup founder or founding team uh, be they might or might not have technical or product expertise or design expertise within but even if they just have domain expertise and they have an idea and they have a vision and they can you know we can completely take that vision and make it a reality so we are kind of known for that um, and doing it in rapid pace in a scalable way and a secure way etc where they can kind of take over if required or we can co create with them uh, you know uh, with multiple journey so uh, that that's one of our main core offering we also intend to uh, start incubating startups etc as we are uh, growing in in our next phase mm-hmm. i also uh, read on your website where you said that design thinking done right is it's probably your uh, vision or mission of codewave yeah that's one of our flagship services mm-hmm. right um, mm-hmm. we actually apply human centered design principles okay and ux first approach to our uh, product design itself uh, so when we say design thinking we start with empathizing with the end users empathizing with the businesses and coming up with extremely simple solutions to complex business problems um with human centered approach um I think that that's how i would put it and and it requires extensive uh, user observation user empathy uh in fact all of the best ux practices right like uh, quality mm-hmm. quantitative studies uh and, and then uh, find putting all our observations into motion how we can create user friendly products and you know combining it with what business wants and doing all of this in a most common sense way common sensical way or you know with playfulness uh, i think that that's what yeah is. yeah in fact everyone in the team contributes to um, understanding the product who is the end user who is the business what kind of business goals they have how can we create smarter products uh, everyone contributes to the why that's how it is mm-hmm. lovely so how how do you uh, put yourself aside from the uh, from your competitors in the market like what is your main usp Yeah, I think one of the main core things is design thinking led digital, uh, you know, work. So a lot of people just do visual design or UX design, but you know, uh, how can you create a customer centric or human centric design, uh, which will really, you know, empathize with the end users, not just the customers, right? Otherwise, business will say, "I want this," but when you take it to the market. what goes out there how much is it validated uh, you know because otherwise the failure rate will become very very high so right. our process is done in a way where this is uh, you know uh, drastically minimized and what we churn out is very close to what the market requires so that that, that that's a process in itself and that's something we are known for yeah i think if you see uh, the industry right uh, especially into it software services this is um, a tradition of responding to an rfp right somebody gives you a requirement and you respond to it uh, with the software so we are completely uh, relooking that relooking at that we are going on a journey with our customers uh, wherein we are saying we'll iteratively experimentally build your product 
uh, working in close feedback loops with your users. So uh, we are actually deploying design thinking and agile and lean principles as we build the product itself. Mm -hmm. uh, so we are looking at our customer's business more like a social experiment than a fixed uh, product scope requirement given by the customer to us. Yeah, it's it's not a B2B or B2C anymore. It's all hedge to hedge, right? Human to human. Right. Uh, so, you know, uh, everyone expects, I mean, even if it's a B2B application, like business-facing application, people expect the best of user experience uh, mm -hmm. and stuff. You know, uh, The adaption rate drastically goes down if that is not there. And that means all of your investment, tech investment, design investment, all of that goes for a toss. So our, we are in the business of making sure that the adaption rate is on the higher side. So that's very, very, uh, that's, a, that's an outcome driven kind of a approach that we have, which is very unique. Mm -hmm. True. And there was one thing that I, that I read on your website where you spoke about multi-sensory design and why it is uh, important in this uh, day and age. I, it was posted on your website way at around 2018. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it was quite interesting. So if you can share it with your, with our listeners, I, I'm sure they would be quite intrigued with what you have to say. Yeah, sure. Actually, there are a lot of design firms, design agencies today, right? Like specializing in visual design, like mm -hmm. beautiful looking websites, beautiful looking mobile applications. A lot of it today is a heavy load on the eyes. Right. Uh, so and, and you're going to see the world population is aging. And by 2050, we are going to have a lot more aged population already our sense organs are weakening right like uh, mm -hmm. the eyes are heavily loaded i mean if you see the digital exposure in the last one year of lockdown uh, with a lot of exposure to laptops netflix and tvs and right. uh, already there was a lot of load on the eyes now if we will have to um, utilize the you know ideas of multi-sensorial design right wherein you engage all the sense organs say let's say can you convey information through sound can you engage the user through gestures or, you know, can you use vibrations to convey information? Uh, we'll have to look at different ways of uh, uh, creating user interactions um, through web or mobile. I, I, that's where multisensorial uh, design comes into play. Uh, let's say if you've heard Microsoft's uh, booting up sound. Right. You still recognize Microsoft with its booting up sound um, or Doordarshan. You, you identify these. Uh, in different ways, not just through the eyes. So th that's where our focus is. Even with the apps we are developing, uh, even with the websites we are designing and developing, we, 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 make, we make sure there's uh, emphasis on accessibility. Uh, things are dyslexia friendly. Things are uh, friendly for people with poor eyesight or color blindness. Um, you know, there are different ways of interacting with the applications that uh, we build. Mm -hmm. So do you see that in your client base or, you know, uh, like uh, people are getting more inclined to having such kind of a design structure when it comes to website or apps? Yes, yes. We are working with the government of Karnataka on, uh, on multiple different initiatives. And uh, uh, especially when we are designing these uh, uh, portals, uh, which will be used by large scale of population, right? We'll mm -hmm. have to design these, uh, which are very accessible uh, which have multiple modes of consumption. Like you don't just consume information through eyes. You mm -hmm. can also hear it out as you move on the go. Um, and you, you can also interact through voice uh, and different, different ways of interactions uh, with these systems you can have. So I, this is becoming a need, increasingly a need, uh, not just for government portals or applications, mm -hmm. for large scale uh, uh, platforms uh, where, where millions of users will be accessing it. This, this is definitely a need.
Yeah, I'll just give you a quick example of it as well. Like, let's say I mean, we had built an application which was uh, similar to Ola or Uber, but for two wheelers. Mm -hmm. So the use case is slightly different, right? Like in Ola, you have or Uber, you have uh, the drivers uh, seeing the mobile device where the charging uh, port is there and they're seeing it continuously. And when the new lead comes in, they can quickly see it and they can accept it. But if, if they're riding in a two-wheeler, uh, for which we, have, we were helping with a company which was doing that, uh, similar to Ola or Uber, for, but for two-wheelers, uh, mm -hmm. there, you know, they, they don't have the access to the phone all the time and the visual uh, uh, speed is not there. So uh, the notification ringtone itself, the, uh, the tone of it or the, you know, what tone we use, it makes a big difference uh, for the driver to know that this is actually a lead. This is not my WhatsApp notification, right? So, right. A small thing like this can have a massive impact in terms of user adaption. So it's the thought process. It's, it, it can be very well integrated with anything we do, but you have to be cognitive or conscious about what you're doing, what is your audience, what is their reality that they're living in, uh, if they are in the uh, sunlight, uh, what are the colors that you're using, all of that is a part of our design thinking process. Mm -hmm. So, like you know, see, the, these are all advanced technologies which which are disrupting the already existing market, right? Or the operations in which we are working. So, was there any kind of a challenge uh, to you know uh, to tell your uh, clients that you know uh, what your idea is right? But if if this is the way we do it, like you know, add multi uh, sensorial design into it and or design thinking in in on the whole. So. Was there any kind of a reluctance that you faced because they are more used to the traditional ways and they don't want to probably try something new? Interestingly, uh, uh, you know, what we have seen is customers, our customers have been quite open to experiment. Mm. Uh, and especially because uh, we set the tone initially itself that, you know, uh, our engagement is going to be an ongoing social experiment. Uh, mm -hmm. That's how we build new products and that's how we iteratively evolve the product as well. Um, so, so the customers seem to be quite open to new technologies, new way of implementing things, even the methodologies or how lean and agile we'll go on the journey. Uh, mm -hmm. Customers seem to be more open to that. Uh, of course, there are, uh, you know, businesses uh, coming from a traditional uh, waterfall background, right? Right. Uh, so we, we also try to adapt and, you know, sort of um, adapt to a process which works for everyone. Okay. Okay. So now, um, I know with this pandemic and uh, everything going off offline in the sense that, you know, you're working from home, um, creativity works very good when you're in a group sitting, discussing, arguing, uh, you know, and then probably saying, okay, this is how we are going to work and this is how, what the solution is, or this is how the look and feel of, uh, of the product or app should be. So, did you face any kind of a challenge in a pandemic to maintain similar kind of a um, group discussion uh, through work from home options that were given? Yeah, I think initially there was a little struggle to conduct brainstorming and ideation. Yeah. Uh, uh, definitely, we were a lot used to working from office and right. this environment was uh, more like a social network itself. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, we did have a work from home culture earlier as well, but predominantly for the brainstorming activities uh, and stuff, we were preferring to meet uh, in person, right? So right. it was a little bit of a, uh, you know, a problematic struggle thing. there. Struggle. But I think we, you know, slowly started using tools like Mural and uh, Miro. 
which you know which has integrations with zoom visual and hangouts yeah so there was more visual thinking and visual uh, uh, sharing of ideas and collaboration happening online so we still uh, so i think with tools like these we could still manage uh, mm -hmm. but I, I i i mean the energies when you meet offline and you know sort of uh, do creative discussions is completely different right right yeah. So how were you able to keep that up with your, uh, you know, your peers and your associates working? Because, you know, that is what drives and brings out the best, right? What, what the client or the business wants. So yeah. how were you able to maintain that during these times? to a large extent uh, online collaboration also worked. It's just, uh, it's just that the meetings got a bit exhausting without breaks. Um, we still managed to host and conduct all these creative discussions online. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, we could manage the outcomes. Uh, outcomes were not affected much. It's just that uh, the fatigue of the online right. uh, meetings was still there. Uh, but again, now we are adopting to a more hybrid way of working, especially for the creative teams uh, during the initial stages of the project where there is heavy directional alignment mm -hmm required i think we, we are adopting a more hybrid approach right now mm -hmm. lovely so how do you see how do you see the market coming up in your uh, uh, business and how do you see your business growing in the uh, coming years over the period of time yeah so covid of course like everyone knows has been a blessing in disguise for the it sector at least so True. a lot of i mean almost i think 3 to 4 years of push has happened uh, because a lot of people who were reluctant to kind of invest in tech uh, right. had to do that because there was no offline store suddenly right so you need right. to be investing in this so that you, you can still run your business and then they realized that through this the you know you can scale much more massively and and it helps them expand uh, both offline as well so i think there's a lot more investment happening across the globe uh, in terms of making uh, you know uh, investing back into uh, design and tech I mean, mm -hmm. development in general and uh, of course it's also uh, i mean there is going to i mean it's it's currently a gig economy that uh, you know the world that we're living in right uh, so uh, even the way we look at work, the you know uh, anyone who has a, a free time who can contribute, who has the skill set, can come in and contribute. But that's kind of changing the dynamics of the way we look at work itself. Uh, a lot of uh, things are going to change. Again, it's not just from a customer point of view, but also employees' point of view. A number of things are changing the way we are uh, collaborating. Uh, who is kind of coming in? Who can contribute and kind of come in, intervene, and move out? Yeah, uh, that's kind of changing. I think one uh, definitely a big shift uh, in hiring. What we have seen is uh, earlier we used to have very rigid uh, employment contracts. Now we are moving to more flexible social models uh, where, um, you know, a college student who has specific skills, who wants to do three, four projects, uh, real time projects, they can come in, do projects with us and uh, sort of move out. This is more gig culture coming in, which is integrated with our, uh, you know, uh, Existing it's market. actually become a lot more inclusive than what it was yeah. earlier because uh, let's say someone with a little bit of disability etc they can actually as long as they're able to contribute uh, they're, they're able to contribute at their capacities it could be you know women uh, you know uh, homemakers etc i mean they're they able to contribute so gig economy is kind of uh, opening up various ventures to a lot of people i think that's a good thing uh, in general uh, from a work perspective quite interesting now since we are into hiring so um, you know, I, I've seen a major shift uh, from the way uh, people were uh, looking out for jobs, 
to be to be really frank like uh, when i started looking out for job it was literally engraved that you know if you get into uh, top it companies you're done for life <laughs> because you'll get a brand <laughs> and you will be doing you will be going leaps and bounds so don't worry about it just worry of getting into a good and top it company so but now now i see people are more uh, they're not concerned about what company it is it is they are more concerned about what company is going to give them in terms of their growth yeah. so so how do you feel this employment trend especially in india uh, it has changed right so what are your takes on that yeah this was a gradual shift that was expected i think it's been happening for few years already i mean even pre covid this was there and uh, uh, see this natural thing right so there are certain uh, you know uh, shifts that happen every few years and this is natural uh, to happen like you know when uh, more funding is happening in the startup segment and you know the kind of uh, you know innovative work that you do or let's say the kind of technologies that you're using to innovate uh, that's uh, you know the different people have different types of motivations and uh, a lot of millennial crowd uh, who are uh, you know millennial or zillennial crowd that we are talking about who are coming into the working this thing itself they are a little bit more uh, willing to take risks and there there's a lot more learning culture that's kind of involved yeah um, I, i think the entrepreneurial spirit is quite yeah. high and uh, codewave as an organization has always celebrated the entrepreneurial spirit in individuals so mm-hmm. i mean i would love to see more people becoming self employed or more self employed people uh, you know partnering with codewave on many projects and journeys uh, this this is certainly a you know very exciting thing to look forward to yeah so like you know initially when you started and when you were hiring did you face any challenges to get the right uh, talent on board because you were a startup initially i think it was very organic and referral based um, okay Uh, we didn't uh, you know we didn't partner with recruitment agencies then in the formative years uh, we, yeah, we just had employee referrals even our customers uh, and you know, we we had a website uh, attracting customers um, and direct connections happening on social media and website so the business growth was quite organic until even uh, even even now right five until mostly. seven years mostly we were quite organic uh, that way Mm, so so you have never faced any uh, like you know challenges where where probably uh, you wanted to fill up a position but you were facing um you know like you had the talent in hand but he or she was skeptical to enter into a startup industry or uh, for some or the other reason yeah i mean see these things would be there i'm sure i think the recruitment team would have such uh, mm-hmm. but predominantly i think people are generally open and i mean of course mm-hmm. awkward way uh, what worked is again the kind of culture we have very open flexible freedom uh, you you know no one tells you what to do you you kind of define it co-create it along with your teams uh, that kind of freedom is there creative freedom is uh, there you know the, the this flexible timing all of that i think uh, you know you you define when you want to work work along with the team uh, whom you're working with like you know uh, the workers etc so uh, that that's kind of helped us uh, attract the right kind of people with the entrepreneurial uh, you know with the entrepreneurial spirit like with your said um, uh, yeah Yeah, like you said, you have a pretty open culture in in Codewave, right? Where people can decide in which group they want to work on, or probably the projects uh, they want to work on. So, uh, have you seen that this thing has really helped them uh, grow? Because I believe open or transparent culture in India is still not that in because of the corporate 
uh, uh, way of working. But with startups, I think this this thing is changing where they are becoming extremely open. Where you know people people can openly say they they will not put a fake sick leave. <laughs> that is for one, just to uh, be off job because the job itself is so interesting because they are learning every day and it's quite open yeah. and you can discuss anything you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's actually it starts from leaders itself, right? Like you know, yeah. You know, you have to like you know let's say you're going out for a movie you say you're going out for a movie and and you know on a wednesday morning right so that people know that it's okay to kind of talk about these uh, things you you know we are worried about you know make sure that you're working alongside with your team make sure the customer is happy if you are off you plan backfills etc right so that's the kind of culture that we want to you know drive and that, that's kind of help uh, and uh, True, and that that what makes me jealous because probably my kids will have a better working environment than what I did. Because when I started off, uh, I was told uh, by the manager at that point of time uh, because I was working in China. That was my first job there, and he was like, you know, do one thing, uh, you know, stay till eight p.m. in the office. And I was like, why should I stay till eight p.m. in the office? No, people will think you're working very hard and all that. You know, Indians work like this only. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was like, I finished my job by six. He's like, no, no, give two hours, do something. And I was like, what the hell am I going to do sitting in office for two hours? But yeah. I finished my job. But obviously, at that time, you were quite young and you want to prove yourself, so you still go ahead and do it. But uh, today, I see those things have changed, uh, especially yes, in the yes. Indian way of working. Absolutely. It's not become a mainstream yet, this kind of a culture, but right. definitely shifts are happening. I mean, yeah. it's we are moving from a time-based to an outcome-based uh, culture. True. And I think startup is uh, one thing that is driving this because every startup that is coming uh, is that, that people want to build. It is not just about the products that they're thinking. They're also thinking about the work environment that they want to give to yeah. their existing and future employees, which is quite refreshing, actually. Yeah. 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 So um, you know uh, what are when when you when you sit in hire or you're looking looking to fill up a position. So what are the main things that you you look into for the person to get hired into your company? Um. So we have a combination of both capabilities and a set of characteristics uh, that will uh, sort of help us uh, uh, onboard the right people into the community. Um, again, like cultural aspects, uh, characteristics, are, you know, how, how they look at agile, agility, um, you know, highly responsive and highly vigilant culture. How do they uh, adapt here? Uh, key traits that reveal their willingness, ownership levels or adaptability uh, or flexibility. Uh, all of that is something that we look for. Um, and of course, the capability aspect, uh, you know, depending on the role, we have a specific uh, functional uh, expectations, right? Like, you know, are you able to uh, cater to the business needs uh, as this role? Mm -hmm. We look for certain situational leadership aspects there. Yeah, and then self-managed individuals, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. that's very, very crucial in the agent world we are living in right now. Mm -hmm. So uh, again, like, you know, people who are self-starters and self-managed individuals, I think that's very, very crucial than the skills that they have right now because that will define the skills they will have in the future. So that, that's also very, very crucial. Yeah, at the end of the day, we want a self-managed individual who can be a great team player and can be outcome focused and, you know, focus on making the outcomes great. I think mm -hmm. that that's the kind of uh, entrepreneurial individuals we look for. 
That's lovely. So uh, let's move on to our last segment of, of the interview where we go a little bit lighter and discuss something fun. So uh, since uh, you've been entrepreneur since uh, 2013, so what is the favorite aspect uh, according to you for uh, being an entrepreneur? Probably uh, working with a life partner without, you know, <laughs> I, I really don't have to you know, tell someone why am I late or something because she's always there. <laughs> I don't know, Abhijit, whether you're playing safe right now. <laughs> She's right next to you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually lucky. A lot of couples can't. I mean, so technically, like, you know, being 24 uh, bar 7, in fact, uh, we share the same wallet as well as the phone number. We have one single phone number. We are transparent, not just as a company, but as individuals as well. Uh, it, it's a lot to take for a lot of people. They, they you know, generally kindle us or they ask really how, how you guys manage. <laughs> But, but that's something that uh, actually both of us, uh, you know, prefer or like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, the highlight of my entrepreneurial journey is that uh, life is bittersweet, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, there are days uh, where you'll start wondering, hey, is this all worth it? You know, this, it, this is very demanding, emotionally demanding journey and there's high levels of pain tolerance, risk taking that is required. Uh, but still, uh, the, deep down, there is this sense of fulfillment that, you know, hey, if I show up, I'm showing up for larger interest and I'm taking on larger responsibilities every uh, every day and you know that, that that leaves me with a sense of fulfillment uh, so yeah. no matter the pain it's still rewarding in some sort of ways I think on a serious note I think yeah, the experimentation uh, is something that's very very uh, worth it always I mean that's something that uh, you know, we can validate. Uh, that's something that's very fulfilling as well and, and the growth itself right like you know you're continuously learning evolving otherwise you become a dinosaur so uh, mm -hmm. you have to push yourselves your thought process you have to relearn, unlearn, learn, all of that is a part of the process. Uh, you know, shed your ego that, you know, you don't know anyone, ask, ask for help, all of that. I think it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a good process. Uh, mm -hmm. True, true, very true. That's, that's the actual spirit of entrepreneurship, right? I think, I, I think the key spirit is the experimentation and the freedom to do it, which uh, probably helps uh, many uh, fascinating and fabulous products to come into the market. Now, um, in this journey, right, it's, it's never smooth. You have your ups and downs, you have the lowest point, and it can be for n number of reasons, right? So, so sometimes you feel that, you know, why things are not working, it should have worked according to the thing or the picture that you were looking at. So, so how do you, how do you get yourself de-stressed during these times? Like, I'll be very, very free and frank with you. One thing for me works is music. And uh, I'm not going to give a cliche answer. Playing with kids for me is not a stress buster. <laughs> it is more stressful. <laughs> and, then, and listening to them 24 by 7 with the facts that I already know. <laughs> but, uh, and the other thing that really works is, you know, I will just simply uh, just, you know, vent out in front of my husband and he'll be like, okay, now you're fine. You're all done. I was like, yes, I'm all done. Thank you so much. And you can leave now. Your work is over. <laughs> so how, how do you de-stress at these particular times? Um, okay, for me personally, I think uh, I've been uh, doing yoga in the morning for the last uh, six months or so. That's kind wow. of really helped. 
uh, that that's something that you know again like you know it kind of clears your mind mm-hmm. and during that time it's it's completely you know you are trying to learn how to kind of keep your thoughts uh, at bay right so that that's a good exercise uh, to kind of do which can be implemented at whenever you feel stressed during the day as well so that's mm-hmm. kind of uh, helpful and uh, of course music is something that uh, uh, is always uh, relaxing the right kind of music for that uh, you know uh, that kind right. of helps you productive helps you you know keep at peace uh, yeah i think spirituality and the zen mode for me mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, even the bhagavad gita right like i go by the saying that says uh, do what's necessary and do what's in your control and uh, sort of look to learn keep learning mm-hmm. so some of these um, spiritual uh, stuff also helps me yeah that does i i have started to feel off recently now i've started to do but i i somehow i'm lazy when it comes to something like this but uh, like you know uh, other than code wave like everybody is an individual and they have their own uh, probably hobbies or interests which they used to do probably before and now they are getting in touch with because that is also one of the things that really helps you to just uh, probably you know disconnect for a while and you know just just engage with something that that just brings you happiness for no reason so are there any hobbies or something that you guys pursue probably as a couple or individual anything that you want to share with the listeners i think music has been a common interest uh, for both abhi and i we do karaoke and uh, we also love holidays vacationing mm-hmm. i could say music and travel could be travel. things yeah yeah in fact i've started uh, learning hindustani classical again this was way back in engineering uh, i was uh, for about 6 uh, to 8 months i i uh, was learning and then that kind of got stopped so now uh, like you know a couple of weeks back i joined back there was a new platform uh, you know which i tried out and i've subscribed where i can actually start learning music once in a weekend or something want to spend more time uh, kind of you know, doing these activities oh wow so both of you are singers then <laughs> yeah, I'm also a classical dancer. I I had learned uh, Bharatanatyam. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Definitely, art and travel is definitely a you know great mm-hmm. relief in our life. Oh, and and you guys, I should say, are a killer combination. Like you are a classical dancer, and uh, uh, he's into classical music. So like, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's a killer combination. I would say. I mean, you guys can pursue your hobbies together. Probably he will sing and you will dance. So that's that's lovely to hear. So um, dance to my tunes. <laughs> I think I think Vidya is going to take this up later. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure when it comes to that, it is going to be the other way around. <laughs> so that's that's lovely. So like like in the end, you know, um, there are a lot of uh, entrepreneurs who are still working on on getting uh, getting the stuff right and there are a lot of uh, people who are still thinking on becoming entrepreneurs so any kind of uh, advices that you would like to give them uh, for their journey uh, i think just one of the main things i would like to say uh, to our budding entrepreneurs is uh, just be persistent persistent and more persistent because nothing happens overnight no one you know becomes a overnight star there's huge amount of hard work that goes in uh, before you hear the news about that person right uh, so you just need to be at it be really there are there are going to be a lot of negativity around you have to first 
believe in yourself ask for help it's, it's not a very solo journey or anything as such you ask for help there are right kind of people who can vibe who can be of uh, you know be in spirit with you through the journey uh, i think that's something very very crucial mm -hmm. with there you would like to add something to it or something i would like to say is be humble and be vulnerable uh, ask for help uh, you know feel belonged in a team i think it's not a solo sport at all it is a complete team sport and uh, you know having a community and feeling belong there uh, having the courage to be vulnerable all of this is going to matter along with all the intelligence and capability you have uh, yeah. to execute on your ideas lovely so uh, on that beautiful note thank you so much uh, abhijit and vidya for being a part of insiders talk it was really fun talking to you thank thanks thanks vernika pleasure talking so that's all from me today i hope you enjoyed the interview and had some valuable lessons to take in with you and the stories inspired you and you found it interesting i would be coming with more new stories in the coming week every week every monday you will get to hear from me from a new entrepreneur their stories about their brands about their insights on employment and few tips and tricks to get into entrepreneurship stay tuned stay safe and enjoy your life